the older I get, the more I realize how embedded in society I am. So, mm. yeah. And one question. Um, in the end, should we thank people or is it not usual in the podcast world? Uh, whom? If I might ask. No, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> our student assistants or... Okay. No, not God. <laughs> And not my mother. Maybe my mother. Yeah. Oh, mom. No, Are you listening? Be... Grüße gehen raus. <laughs> God, I don't know. This is Purple Code, a podcast with intersectional feminist perspectives on digital societies. And we are Sana, Bianca and Lena, researchers from the Weizenbaum Institute Berlin. And this is our first episode. This podcast brings together scientific findings, subjective views, personal experiences of women and queer people who engage with digital technologies. And we have an intersectional feminist perspective, which means that we look at technology through perspectives that are often not heard, and that we have a focus on social inequalities and injustice, for example, with regard to gender, poverty, colonial structures, and also race. We welcome you to our first edition of the podcast and we are super excited. And um, well, actually, we are sitting here in a very nice, very cozy room um, in the studio of the Weizenbaum Institute. We have some cups of coffee with us and looking forward to the conversation today. I would say it's quite nice to sit here, right? I mean, the weather is pretty bad outside, yeah. although it's also beautiful with the nice autumn leaves and... It's 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 nice, but it's also nice to sit in this cozy room and have this conversation. Yeah, totally. Before we start talking about the matters, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Lena Ulbricht. I lead one of the research groups of this institute. And with a political science background, I study digital technologies and political processes. For example, where software is used by state agencies in order to surveil and classify populations or where legislation tries to rein in the digital titans. Hmm. Uh, I have a Chilean German background and in my research I was struck to see that software where it is used for example by police agencies um, very often has effects on social populations that are discrimination or manipulation or exploitation and where we do not sufficiently account for intersectional perspectives. That's really interesting, Lena. I'm Sana and uh, I come from India. I've been, I've been living in Berlin for the last, I don't know, what seems like an eternity, but <laughs> it's only been four, five years, I guess. Hmm. And uh, what's also interesting, maybe I should tell you guys, like why I happened to start my PhD because I got married to a German because I had to find my way to live here somehow, which was really, really complicated. Wow. And then there wasn't much work for a non-German uh, speaking person. So I thought, hmm, why not? Why not a PhD? Why not academia? So, um, yeah, I, I've been writing my PhD since the last three and now in my fourth year. And I look at 
broadly speaking, how work is organized um, in the global economy, specifically through through work softwares, uh, which lead to standardization, routinization of work, and what this means for for tech workers in India. So I specifically look at a kind of work which is content moderation, which is screening, um, removing all sorts of things, hate speech and other stuff from social media platforms and how this work is outsourced to places like India. Um, of course, there's power inequalities, workers uh, working in these horrible conditions with very little pay, um, completely standardized work, controlled by technology, oftentimes not even knowing who they're working for, who's their employer, who's their manager. Um, but yes, you know, it, it's, we, we're still, there's still the view that globalization and technologies and outsourcing have sort of created a level playing field in the world, which is, which is something that I challenge in my research, so to say. Um, so yeah, this is, this, is, this is what I do. And uh, it, it also helps to be from India to go into the field and Absolutely. speak to people. But of course, I live in Germany. So mm. I also have that background where, where the participants would be like, well, you know, you're living in Germany, can you help us get a job in Germany? And I'm often thinking, what is my own role as a researcher here? I can come and research and go back to Germany, you know, in a comfortable place. Yeah. So interesting, Sana. Thank you. Um, my name is Bianca and I call myself a design researcher. And I'm uh, my, my research group is Inequalities and Digital Sovereignty uh, here at the Weizenbaum Institute. And uh, of course, it's very much looking at the um, entanglements between digital technologies and social inequalities and how not only to better understand them and to have the ways to describe also, because it's, it's, it's really new, the whole research field actually, to look what do digital technologies uh, do to us but also to ask in which society do we want to live, actually, in di which digitally mediated society, so that, that that means also to intervene into those processes. Mm. Uh, but we first have to understand them, mm. right? And in my research, I work with participatory design methods a lot. So mm. uh, in order to bring as many perspectives as possible on the table, in order to have also the stories and the viewpoints of marginalized groups. Because myself, I'm a migrant. I'm coming from, I, I moved from Romania to Germany and I always kind of, stuck with this migrant topic mm. of course because it's it's uh, <laughs> it's very personal mm. too and it makes sense to me but also because i have the impression in in research we sometimes lack empathy and lack the uh, ways to really walk in someone else's shoes mm. 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 i i was wondering sana when you talked about your research i was wondering as a Political scientists, I'm always very interested also whose voices are heard in political processes mm. and who even identifies as a specific social group or political group. So in your in your work, would you say that these workers, as, as what do they identify? They don't identify as workers, <laughs> foremost. Um, there's also the view that workers are mostly blue-collared workers in factory settings, but you know, like if you're doing like working for an IT company, you're not you're not really a worker. And that's also that's also really problematic because it affects coming together of of workers, so to say, and unionizing and bargaining for their rights. It's everything is very individualized. They're professionals, 
You know, they're not really workers, but if you really study their conditions of work, it is very similar to the exploitation that you would see in factory work. It's a different kind of factory work, a different kind of assembly line. But yeah. But structures of oppression. Structures definitely. of oppression, absolutely, absolutely. So let's dive into the topic, right? Why yes. are we doing a podcast about the digital societies with intersectional feminist perspectives? Because to be true, there are many podcasts about women in tech out there, and they're really great. Um, but we feel as academics that research about digital technologies and societies still very much dominated by perspectives that don't account for various inequalities as gender poverty, neocolonialism. And we see this, for example, in our daily work where most of the research I read, I don't know how about yours, very often treats users and societies as quite a homogeneous group. So the implications of digital tech for women or for poor women or for populations in the global south, etc., are not really taken into account. And I think it is very, very important to do so. I agree. I also think intersecting with this issue is our own role in academia. Um, I would say that academia and tech development are generally male and white dominated. I mean, there are different career chances and daily experiences. I mean, I think oftentimes we just forget our own social locations or that it doesn't have any influence on, on our working styles, our motivations and lives. And if you actually complain about this, you said, well, why do you bring about the identity issue in, in a field which is supposed to be objective and, and neutral? So I think this podcast should also be a bit about or will be about our experiential narratives as researchers while we also delve into how technology and society intersect, right? Definitely. And um, I think one of the main motivations also is that we have to, we kind of feel obliged or it's crucial to really uh, bring into attention all these issues and also make these matters visible. So um, also as a researcher, I would say I kind of feel it's my duty to intervene, to, to intervene yeah. in yeah. the mm -hmm. sense of, uh, you know, fostering discussion, making things visible and making things also understandable. And we all know that we, we grew up with those systems and we kind of, well, interiorized those systems of oppression. Mm. And it's also something that it takes time to be conscious about it, As to understand and act maybe against. Would you, would you both say that we're trying to, like this podcast is an effort to make things more visible or try to bring these issues on the forefront? Absolutely. Yeah. In the daily work of an academic, in the way that we structure the work in our groups, mm. and even to myself, to be honest, because as Bianca just said, very often, I think I'm just struggling not to be a woman. I'm struggling not to have a migrant background, as they call it mm. here, just to forget about it. Mm. But then again, you don't choose to be a woman. You don't choose to be a migrant. It's just there and the world reminds you and the academic world does that too. So I think to put a name on it and to look at it um, on purpose 
can help hmm. us to change things. Hmm. I feel like as a migrant researcher myself, coming from the global south in India, I feel if, and I wonder if this is a German-specific problem or if it's different somewhere else, if it's not so much a problem in the UK and US where these issues have been brought up again and again. How would you both say you've been working here since a while? But that, that's really an interesting question. I mean, um, Sana, for me, um, I think I would localize those discussions about classism, racism, mm. uh, intersectionality. In Germany, they started much later. Mm. I don't know why, um, but I have the feeling that, of course, Germany has another past and another historical past and different issues, and they were very separately. So this intersectionality took uh, took longer, probably or maybe because of this historical past. Hmm. So would you say it's a matter of different disciplines that, you know, it would be better in some disciplines than others? How is it with you, Lena? My impression is that it there are certainly differences between disciplines, but mm. even more so between research fields. So in philosophy, there will be, or in the philosophical parts of different mm. disciplines, there will be more inclination towards looking at intersectionality, I think, mm. and social inequalities. But my impression is that at least in German academia, most disciplines kind of resist those perspectives. Mm. And in political science, it is all very small fraction of scholars who are aware of it. And then again, to take this into our daily routines of academics is a different matter, right? You can write about gender inequalities without practicing in, in your daily lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, I also find it problematic that we we as researchers, we're, we're studying the world. I mean, a globalized world, so to say, say, for example, in technology and globalization, work and production. And we don't really, we don't really... Um, consciously talk about who are these researchers who are going, for example, to the Global South to study. Uh, most of them are white, most of them are male. Um, so they could go into the Global South in these fields, uh, bring with them translators, but we don't make enough opportunities for researchers from the Global South to come here because it's too bureau bu sorry, bureaucratically um, complicated or expensive to bring researchers. So all these things. So who is studying? Which perspective? And I think something like this has been talked about in anthropology, for example, but not so much in sociology. And um, this is quite a shame, I would say. Yeah, totally. And then you go to um, technology-focused research, I mean, and the representations of technologies are always blue, right? Mm. So if, if you look up whatever technology it is on Google Picture, it's always blue. So it's very um, objective. Oh, you mean the color blue, yes, not sad. Sorry, yes, <laughs> the color blue. It's sad too. So blue <laughs> stands for like uh, coolness, objectivity, mm. impartiality. Mm. And so I feel that in technology research, it is even more important mm. to show that not we're not entirely objective and everybody takes part in the society hmm. and that technologies are not are neutral. are we neutral, nor technology, as you said. So, um, But this is something that uh, I, I think really, and it's also why we meet here, we have to bring on the table, you asked Sana about hmm. why should we or how or is it the, the aim actually. And I think, yes, I think exactly the points you both mentioned um, 
are so relevant to be able to find even a language for it, to find mm. a way to contextualize with also with the maybe leaving a bit the um, disciplinary academic mm. uh, language. So for me, it would be also a kind of a translation process into very, um, let's say, into possibilities for the future to deal with um, those matters. Yeah, totally. Especially if we take into account that this clear distinction between academia and the rest of society is something very European and is something very German, and that many regions of the world people are um, are researchers, but they're also artists, mm. activists, journalists, mm -hmm. and we want to have these kinds of people in our podcast too. Mm -hmm. That that's going to also be difficult, right? Because as academics, we're also trained to speak in a certain language, and we're constantly like challenged or confronted with this problem of how do we how do we engage with people who are not in academia right like i mean it's difficult so uh for example the language which we were trying to to explain about technology and inequality we started with systems of oppression what does that mean what does systems of oppression mean lena what do you think well when i talk about systems of oppression is the idea that Our societies are structured in unequal ways, which implies many injustices, and that the perspectives that we have in academia, but also outside of academia, mm. focus on specific perspectives and mm. voices, and mm. that others are always unnecessarily silenced, mm. but this is not um, given by nature, but this is something that can change. Hmm. Hmm. Definitely. And um, the point is that it's not necessarily the aim to oppress, you know, but we reproduce injustices, we rewrite inequalities through everything, maybe we do, but uh, very strongly through the technology we, we develop. Mm -hmm. And there is the, the lack of diversity in, let's say, in the data, but also lack of diversity in the teams. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we really don't uh, talk that much about, that this lack of diversity makes also those systems work as oppressing systems. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's not easy at all to mend these problems, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody knows how difficult it is to have a diverse team. And there's so many obstacles and they do not lie only in technologies. And just to decide that you want to have a diverse society doesn't mean that you get one in a week. Mm. Of course not. Mm. So like really like engaging with this this topic or issue of a diverse society, like do you both also outside of your academic work also engage with political activism? Like me, for example, I've I've I do. And I try to keep my political and my academic life separate uh, for the fear, the much said fear about, you know, it, it shouldn't look like I'm, I'm not neutral. Lena, something that we were also discussing before recording this. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? I feel the same. It's very, very difficult to bring the worlds together. Hmm. Um, I'm also politically engaged, but I keep it entirely apart from my academic work. Hmm. And, and I feel it would be difficult to bring them together. But I would say that the, this podcast is the first attempt and I'm positive about it, especially seeing the developments um, in academia and between academia and other societal parts and in other parts of the world. Mm. So I think that here it, it can mm. be really fruitful to look beyond Germany mm. or look beyond Europe. Mm. 
For me, it's maybe a bit different because I, I, I think I also, uh, I'm not an activist myself, mm. but I, I'm a deeply political person, I would say. Mm. But the understanding of research and academia for me is very close to being also a broad understanding of activism mm. or to interfere through your research and with your research into societal change to try to initiate also societal change. So that would mean that the borders between activism, artistic research and scientific um, approaches mm. are blurred for me. So and, and this is something that I, I really try to, to get there. And mm. this is why I think today calling yourself a researcher against a backdrop of all the challenges that we have is not possible without thinking also being kind of an activist and individual. And I think your self-understanding and your values actually cannot be separated from your being an academic. Yeah, that's cool if that's the way in design research. I'm In political science, it doesn't look like that, but maybe we, we get there. Mm. You know, I mean, oftentimes the emphasis is put by our, I don't know, heads of the teams, maybe even evaluators, how we translate our research findings into the everyday life, right, in the, into the public discourse. But there's always clear limitations into what you, what you can do and what you cannot or unsaid expectations or um, how much can you do, right? I mean, not to also forget our own structural limitations as researchers, our precarious contracts, our every few years working with that, this competitive individualism. It's really, yeah, it sometimes feels like running against the tide, Yeah, totally. Especially if the expectations are the ones produced by a more traditional system, right? Mm. So what we have to produce as researchers, kind of... What somebody once told me, the image of a professor is always white and male, mm. right? Mm. So this is, the, this is where we are trying to develop our careers. And this might have evolved, but we're not sure. And yeah. so it's true that the context conditions are important. Absolutely, absolutely. Sounds very depressing, I have <laughs> yes, to say. Yes, <laughs> but, but the plan ahead, the plan for our podcast is, uh, is positive because we plan to bring in different voices from not just academia, but also journalism, art, activism, uh, feminist perspectives, intersectional feminist perspectives. There's a lot that has been going on. There's a lot that people have been writing and speaking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, one of our first uh, guests uh, will be uh, Mona Sloan from New York University. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And she's a, she's a sociologist working on AI and inequalities. Mm -hmm. So fits perfectly, I think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm super glad that very soon we will also have an episode with Eliana Quiroz. She's a researcher, author and activist mm -hmm. in Bolivia in the NGO Internet Bolivia. And I'm really looking forward to having her perspective. Super, that sounds really great. And I would also like to say that we are open to comments and suggestions. Um, please write to us on Twitter. That is Twitter at Purple Code Pod in one word. Please feel free to write to us. That's it for today. We are Sana, Lena and Bianca. See you next time. Bye.